Welcome back, everyone, to the Cancel for Maintenance podcast. If this is your first time joining us, we are a show that takes a behind-the-scenes look into the gritty, non-glamorous life of aircraft maintenance. We share some laughs, impart some wisdom, all in hopes to give you that split seconds relief in your day that can help prevent mishaps. I am your co-host, Six. I'm MVP. And our third host, Shoreline, is silently in the back, twisting knobs, pushing buttons, making sure our audio is good to go and our faces stay fit for radio. Today, uh, we, we had a, a pretty good sidebar conversation about this prior to the episode. Uh, we're talking about a couple of bean counter-like subjects and how our maintenance actions can affect those topics and vice versa, how these, how these bean counter topics can affect maintenance actions. <laughs> so you may have heard us talk about this throughout all the episodes we've had, and that's um, on-time performance or punctuality, right? Uh, punctuality in the aviation industry, and I'm sure a whole lot of service industries, is crucial uh, for us. Um, that punctuality drives this huge metric called on-time performance. So a little backstory on this. Um, on-time performance leads into a whole slew of things like um, uh, efficient work planning. Um, it influences how skilled your workforce is. It, right, I was going to say staffing, make staff, sure you have the appropriate skill level staff. That's it. And, uh, and also it determines like if uh, we as the, the service or the, or the producer is meeting, our, the, is meeting the goals of the customer, whatever, whoever that is, right? And that usually takes, in the, takes the form of on-time flights, on-time departures, on-time des- uh, arrivals, all sorts of things like that. Uh, you may see this mostly in the commercial realm, but it exists in almost every corner of aviation. Um, cause if we're not getting the stuff we need on time, a lot of things fall, fall out of place, <laughs> right? Especially if you're th- especially if you're talking commercial or military, if things don't hit the schedule exactly as the time hack needs it, things get real messy. And especially if you're like, again, if we're talking commercial or military, because people need that plane and, pl- and on time flights mean money. <laughs> so uh, what sort of things influence on-time uh, flights or on-time uh, performance, right? So again, this is a measurement of how well your planning and your maintenance executions make things happen, right? Uh, or how is that metric of how good your, your performance is? And first things first is that efficient work planning. If you don't have a plan to gauge how much work you need or how much... Uh, resources you need to get something done, you've already fucked up. <laughs> you've already fucked right. up. Uh, and, and planning can be, can be as basic as like, uh, how many people do I need for a job? How many flights am I work, am I, do I need to have done for the day? Or what sort of equipment do I need to have staged and ready or at least serviceable for, to get, to get um, those flights ready to go or to have them executed properly? And MVP kind of said it already with the skilled workforce. That in itself is a is a whole other rabbit hole. Because we were having a conversation about that before the episode started about just like how having a skilled workforce can pretty much make or break your on-time performance. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and then accountability of that workforce as well. Yes. Uh, well, we can dive in. We can, we'll, we'll touch more on that as we progress through some of these topics here. Right. 
And so uh, before before we dive into the workforce, another factor that helps out with on-time performance is having a reliable supply chain. <laughs> and we that's a whole other episode in of itself. But more or less what we mean by the supply chain is like, uh, kind of like that, that pull system where if we need something, we push it, we put an order, it gets put out to whoever the vendor or supplier is, whether it be internal or external, it comes to us, we do the job to get it done, going. It's something yeah, along and, those... And oh, I was going to touch on the supply chain. As we know, during the COVID times, right, we're, we were back ordered on parts forever, or more specifically, uh, like uh, hazardous materials we would use, right? Some form of uh, liquid coating or some type of uh, specialty grease, high temp grease or, or anything like that. Like, you know, it was made in small batches anyways, and by one sole vendor. Mm-hmm. But, and, but multiple, multiple aircraft use it. But when the pandemic hit, they took their small workforce and sent them all home and the stocks were depleted pretty rapidly. So six to eight months back order waiting on that specialty uh, material you needed. It's just, it just slows everything way down. Yep. Very much so. And then another one is it's the more up and coming thing is advanced tools and technologies. And this in itself can mean a whole lot of stuff like uh, having the aircraft have better diagnostic systems, having uh, better tools to diagnose the aircraft itself, uh, predict maintenance for what we can uh, talk about uh, smartly. And uh, Right, or uh, robotics in a production manufacturing facility. So you get accurate holes drilled in, in the airframe you're building each and every time right. trying to eliminate that human error. Right. Or another one is uh, like CMM, right? That cloud, uh, that cloud-based machining where like every bit and piece of that aircraft or that part is has a virtual duplicate in cyberspace. And then you can analyze down to the shoot, like small, like the subatomic level almost of how out of tolerance something can be. And for the most part, some, some things don't need to be that tight of a tolerance, but some things do, right? Uh, case in point, again, is with the commercial and aviate and military side where like we t- tolerance has to be uh, manufactured in a way that can constantly take a beating because of the amount of flights or the amount of operations they do. And uh, another big yes, one. The stresses they experience. Yes. Heat and temperature changes, all, all that stuff. Yes. And another big one is that continuous improvement process. <laughs> we say this a lot, but any any uh, organization that's worth their salt will have some type of continuous improvement uh, process, division, department, policy, and so forth. Be- because I'll give again the commercial line, for example, like if we're having a consistent flow of unsatisfied customers because of delayed flights or delayed uh, de- uh, departures, arrivals, and we just continue to march on like nothing's wrong, <laughs> You'd be, you'd be out of business real fast. <laughs> well, yeah, and you'll find even, you know, uh, that a continuous improvement plan uh, actually might be mandated by the customer, right? You, yes. You might have to have one in place and then show on a quarterly basis what you've identified and what you're doing to, you know, an area that needs to be improved and what you're doing to improve it, right? Uh, and yes. you have to show progress on those. That, that that is part of a contract requirement that the customer does want to see uh, what you're doing to make your area better, so that they get a better product in the end. 
Yes. And and that, and again, like say like for the average person, uh, I'll give again commercial. Say like uh, they give like those surveys or those uh, like feedback reports that they sometimes give you through whatever avenue you use to purchase your ticket. Say, how was your experience? How was the flight? How was the 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 process chain of you buying a ticket to you put, getting put in the seat? Like most people ignore it. Some people or they only give the one star reviews, and those matter as. As sad as some of them may uh, use them, <laughs> right? <laughs> it, it matters. Mm-hmm. And so, why does all of uh, on-time performance matter? Uh, again, it goes back to that quality assurance piece, where like we're making sure that everything we're doing is being done right per regulatory and customer requirements, whatever those regulatory or customers are. Uh, it it uh, drives flight critical actions again, like. Do we have the right resources to do the job? Do we have the right skilled uh, workforce to do the job? Are where are we lacking? Do we have manuals? Do we have checklists? All sorts of stuff. All kinds of stuff can 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 spoke out or branch out from just this one metric. And in some cases, like this is how people lose their job. <laughs> this uh, on time performance. So oh, yeah, if you have continually bad numbers or uh, bad results or bad feedback. Like like six was talking about, um, you're not going to be there very long. Think of it like a uh, college or NFL football coach, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, enough bad seasons in a row, and they find somebody else to to lead the charge. Yes, right. Or like say you're. I give the sports one example. Like say like you're a player on the field, and you're consistently not producing whatever we would expect of that player. You're going to be riding the bench. Quite a lot, <laughs> or, or be traded, right? Yeah, right. Be traded away. Not yep. even, not even going to sit on that bench anymore. Like we don't, we don't. You're doing bad enough that we don't even want you to be here. <laughs> yes, it's like you're a bad representation of the team, man. So uh, I think you ought to find better pastures somewhere else, <laughs> right? And so we kind of talked about like uh, how that affect, like what on time performance drives. It, we we mentioned earlier how how on time performance can drive maintenance. Right. And we say that in such a way because, again, like on time, performance, punctuality, all that stuff is very critical. And so, what that translates to maintenance is where things kind of get uh, a little sketchy. Because, again, since on time means everything, whatever you do contributes to that on time, whether it be by the book or or whatever, <laughs> we just kind of leave that destination, kind of leave that that speculation open. And the reason why we say that is because we've we've again I've made so many comments about this that uh, people only see the end goal, and they kind of don't care how they get there. And um, yeah, now well, I'll use an example for the maintenance side, right? And, and mm-hmm. No matter what you do, right? So if you have a say you're in the commercial side, uh, and you have a uh, an aircraft come down and it's got a weekly check due or a, a, a daily check that's, that's required uh, in between in between flights. So, you know, you, you tell control, hey, I need that. I need to schedule this daily and control is going to go. How long does the daily check take you? Oh, I can get it done in an hour. Let's just say a, a daily is like lights, uh, fluids and and uh, pressures type thing, you know, pretty, mm-hmm. pretty basic. Just throw some switches, uh, check some levels or gauges. And uh, service is necessary. Um, you know, oh, I can get that done on this particular airframe in an hour. Okay, 
you're going to be held to that hour. So if you can't maintain it in that hour, uh, the delay for the next uh, flight revenue flight will be then imposed on maintenance mm-hmm. uh, delay. You know, why, why, and so when corporate looks at that, right. And says, well, our numbers are down because uh, we keep having these maintenance delays. What's going on? Oh, well, it's all because maintenance says they can do it in an hour, but it's religiously taking them too. Mm-hmm. you know? So we've then had to move our schedule back by one hour, which has caused people to either cancel flights, reschedule flights, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, or an- another example is, um, or let me backtrack a little bit, like uh, on-time performance and on-time flights and on-time criticalities. It can be one of the leading contributors to the four, to like the most common mistakes that happen in that happen in maintenance or that cause bad maintenance, right? Uh, example is uh, equipment failure. If uh, we're having to keep churn, say we're in a very busy airport we're, or we're in a very busy organization and we're constantly just cranking out flights, constantly in and out, in and out. And uh, say the support equipment that we use to service these planes, if they don't have enough downtime to maintain those support equipment or at least do the, the daily routines that they require, they will they will fail and then they will break and and then well that's actually a very good point you brought up support equipment that's you know we aviation maintenance is rarely talked about but here's something that's talked about even less mm-hmm. the, the ground equipment the age group right support yes. equipment guys service with your uh oil servicing carts and your uh nitrogen carts and your high you know hydro whatever whatever you know lifts jacks tugs all that stuff mm-hmm. they're, they're talked about even less yeah but uh but that's exactly right yeah hey i need to go service this fluid well if my engine oil servicing cart uh the pump isn't working and we have three carts and the other two are sitting in the background broke with red tags on them as well we you know we're, we're up up shit creek without a paddle yeah and so like uh, have, having that constant turn in turn out and whatnot that would cause fatigue that would cause um premature wear and let's face it there's been a lot of safety or hasty unsafe fixes on gs on uh support equipment let's just say that right um i see it a lot with jacks like uh hydraulic jacks i see it also with uh with tugs (laughs) case in point was that one we talked about some episodes ago about using a pair of pliers (laughs) i learned they actually finally retired that thing Finally, <laughs> finally retired it and got a got a, a suitable used uh, newer used replacement. Newer used, <laughs> yeah. But but at least it's not a pair of pliers that's acting as the gas pedal, you know. Not yet, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> but that's exactly what I mean, right? With that, with uh, uh, they don't see uh that on time performance kind of puts the horse blinders on, and they say like, well, I don't care how you did it, just get it there. And it's been working thus far. So until something really hits the fan, then press on. Which, again, that can lead to a whole slew of unsafe conditions. And our example with the tug with the pair of pliers as a gas pedal is very much unsafe. <laughs> um, I think the biggest one that will contribute to unsafe maintenance because of these uh, on-time uh, metrics is um, violations uh like the like human factor stuff like violations slips lapses mistakes omissions <laughs> like, oh, the, the list goes on right but but let's talk a little bit about that so with the with the violations the slips and whatnot 
uh, what you kind of look at as like, nobody violates rules in, in aviation. That'd be freaking asinine. That's people's life. Blast- that's blasphemous. That that's heresy right there, right? Yeah. <laughs> Full fledged heresy. <laughs> and again, I'm gonna I'm gonna say like, because on time means everything. A lot of individuals have the horse blinders on, or they have that tunnel vision, and they only see the end result. They kind of don't they don't care all too much on how they get there. So, like say with the violations, they would skip steps altogether to save time. Uh, MVP's example was doing that um, that uh, post flight check to to go for or a daily check to do another flight. If uh, say for instance the manual says that it requires two people to do an an inspection, uh, ETOPS for instance, it takes two people, one to do either side, and they cannot switch. It's like well, we don't have exactly two people, so what we'll do is one person will do the whole thing, and then they'll they'll find another guy. To sign off the second piece, right? That's a clear and present violation right there. Or um, they would they would not install they would install life limited fasteners because it saves time. Or we don't have the time to wait for replacements. It it hasn't shown signs of failure yet. So why not? See, we've seen it happen a whole slew of times. <laughs> or if right, we, yeah. Why, why, why fix it uh, if it hasn't broke yet? Well, the keyword's yet, but it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, and there's a reason why we have safety limits for a reason or even operating limits. <laughs> if, you, if you want to give that story about the safety wire we had just prior oh to the episode. God. Yeah. Okay. So so for all, a little story time for all of you, this has happened today. So out there, you know, inspecting, uh, looking over on the on the floor and such and you see you're looking at the manual and you see a job signed off already and you're like huh that's interesting because I can see that person actively doing that job right now okay well they're a new person let me walk over hey why'd you sign off the 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 job when you're not done yet oh well I signed it off because uh, I thought you signed it off and then you, and you go do the job no I don't know why you would think that even at this point in your career. Yes, you're new, but you're not so new to aviation that that's a valid excuse. Anyways, moving forward, don't sign off your work until it's done. Uh, So what are you working on? Let me look at it here. Oh, your safety wire is backwards. Uh, No, it's not. (sighs) Yes, it is. Okay, well, we're going to overlook the we're going to overlook the uh, maintenance uh, manual side or the uh, excuse me aircraft form side of things, and we'll claim that as uh, you're new, but you've been trained and taught the right way to do it now. But we are going to fail this uh, safety wire that you called us over to inspect. All right, so right to fail. What do we do? We get a response from maintenance management that says. Hey, I'd like to discuss this fail. I don't think it's a fail. Why? Well, the maintenance manual doesn't tell me how to safety wire. It just says to install safety wire. Yes, it, that's that's correct. Right. So because of that, there's nothing telling the guys how they should safety wire. Well, okay. What about the 4313? What about the ISOs? What about the uh, other industry standard 
documents out there. There's a slew of them. Oh, well, see, but we only work to these manuals. Yes, but the manuals don't go into that depth because these, these procedures exist over here. Otherwise, the maintenance manuals would be 4,000 pages long. <laughs> it would just be too cumbersome. <laughs> and so, so they say, well, I don't think the fail should occur uh, on the actual person performing the job. I think the fail should be written against the maintenance manuals. You want me to fail the maintenance manual for being inadequate? No. No, that's not, that's not how, how that works. So they said, well, I think better training. Well, okay, who do you think that should be coming from? Thinking that they were going to say themselves, right? <laughs> oh, well, that should be the training group. Interesting. Cool. Let's loop them in. Hey, training, do you feel that you should be teaching safety wire? And they responded with like five different uh, procedures, uh, standards, and contracts that they're not required to do that, which I knew. But hey, adding, adding weight to the argument. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then we come back. We're like, all right, now what else you got? Well, um, uh, I, I, we're still going to stand by our statement, um, you know, that this isn't the case. Okay, so I'll yield to you. Uh, you found a flaw in the maintenance manual where it could be better. I will get rid of the fail. Just show me where you've submitted the change request that the maintenance manual be updated. And that fail goes away. Uh, we don't have that. Oh, why not? Well, because we just kind of know it's a problem. So you knew you were working to an uh, inadequate procedure and did nothing about it? Hmm. Interesting. Okay, let's uh, open that can a little further. Uh, who is the person doing the job? Oh, well, it was so-and-so. Oh, uh, then I think we need to discuss decertifying that person and then putting them back through the decert recertification process, which is pretty lengthy. And they were like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. That's, that's a whole lot of extra paperwork and this, that, and the other. Yeah, it is. But you wanted to go this route. So here we are, you know, <laughs> all, all you need to do is go out there and smack them on the back of the head and say, are you kidding me? Do it this way and quit signing off your crap before you do it. Uh, it it's just like, but the, the sad part is, is we are, at least for six and I, we think that that's standard knowledge, right? That's kind of day one stuff mm -hmm. you would have learned in your A&P school or in your, uh, what, what's the military call it? Um, tech school. Yeah. Or I don't know, just in general experience in the industry. Right. Yes. You know, I, it just, it, it blows my mind that because anywhere else, if that was on, in, on a, on a FAA or, or EOS at aircraft, you would be hung out to dry. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it's just, but but some for some reason in the area I work it's it's seen as acceptable. I, I just it, it's it's uh, I was laughing about it earlier before we started recording, but but in, you know laughing because of how sad it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it, and just, it just blows my mind that 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 scene is acceptable. And 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 here's the caveat, right? It's people like that that make the rest of us look terrible. Yes, yes, and and. For all of our certified AMPs out there, you would know, right, that as part of 
your duties as far as signing and releasing an aircraft or any type of maintenance action, it's understood that there's like, there's a saying in there, it's called common tools and practices, right? Um, there's a reason it's in there because we don't have the time to, to record every single bit of knowledge that you're supposed to know. That's why we gave you the certification to begin with, because you've already accomplished that, <laughs> right? Um, that should be standard procedure. Now, the only argument I could see for something like that, for instance, is like, no, 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 hold up. It's correct because it's threaded in the opposite direction. You just, from I, I can take it off and show it to you if you want, but it's, it's actually, it's, it's threaded well, this way. Right, but even, showing, yeah, it's, it's, hey, we're doing it this way. It's actually a left-hand thread here. Let me show you the manual. The manual calls it out. And if you don't believe that, I can pull the screw out, show you it's left-hand thread, retorque it, whatever right. you want to do, right? But you yeah. would only go to those lengths to prove your case as to why you're right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but yeah, but they went to the same lengths to try to justify ignorance, and <laughs> uh, and my God, ignorance yes. it was. Yes, and then this is one of those big examples, like uh, when on time or operational on time performance, it means more to some people than it should, right? And. For those of us who've been in the industry long enough as both the technician and as some kind of scheduler, planner, or controller, or pro super in some instances, like on time is great, but it's not worth the risk if it's not done right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, so, yeah, you got to look at the risk, risk, uh, risk to reward, the cost benefit, whatever analogy you want to use there. But like you said, um, okay, we got it on time. But we only put it together with two out of five bolts because we didn't have time to wait for the other ones. Well, does the manual say you can operate with only two out of five? Then no. Then so why are we putting known bad, allowing known bad work to be done, and then putting a potentially unsafe situation at thirty thousand feet in the air? You know, like. It's it's maddening. So, like Six said, uh, getting it on time, but not at the sake of uh, uh, loss of uh, quality of work. Yeah, or safety. Yeah, like safety, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of where it goes into like the omissions piece, where like uh, people skip steps because they feel by their their experience or tribal knowledge that this will save time. And We've seen many examples like this, like again, with the light, the safety wire as one just now example, or using life limited fasteners more than once or putting the wrong fasteners uh, into stuff. Uh, I've, I've heard like different cases from commercial guys where they say like some individuals put the wrong bolts into a windscreen. And then as the plane is taxing by, has a little bit of air pressure, it pops out of the freaking <laughs> out of the cabin or it pops off the, the, the cockpit and like, what? <laughs> so imagine that like, like uh, you're feeling your on time, you're feeling everything's great. And because of a simple omission of, of procedures or uh, I know better than what the publication is telling me procedure. And then the, the plane goes to pick up just even 10 feet of altitude. And then here comes the, the windscreen come popping off the airplane. So now they got to figure a way to, to land without causing too much um, issue. And then having a taxi on by like, oh, yeah, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have to cancel your flight because the windscreen popped off the freaking nose of the plane. <laughs> so uh, here you are thinking, celebrating everything's good in gravy. And then 
all right, now we're having a return flight because of X, Y, and Z. It, if in our brains, it's not worth the risk. Like uh, as on, as cool as we want on time performance to be good to go, it's it should not be at the cost of quality or safety. Like right, we all want that metric to look good for us, right? Man, mm-hmm. six six does this, you know, does this job, and he gets it done on he gets it done so fast and, and well, and all that, and every time. But we know we know things happen, right? We mentioned supply chain earlier. Oh, I need to replace these bolts. Oh, hey, uh, supply, can you give me these? Oh, we're actually out of uh, out of stock on those, and and everything's back ordered by by thirty days. Oh, uh, well, these are one time use hardware, but I guess I'll throw them in again. I'm like, eh. Now let me let me be a little bit on the real here. Now, if they're not really totally mangled bolts or whatever else. The chances of them failing again are probably pretty slim, but it also depends on where they're where they are, right? If they're yes. On a flight control that's experiencing numerous stresses and G's hour by hour during a flight, multiple times a day, maybe not, or maybe something that's like on a landing gear that's taking a beating every time it that uh, hits the ground. Um. Maybe not, but it's a screw for a chair in the cabin. Mm -hmm. Uh, You'll probably be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, like, like this is us being, you know, oh, are you saying to reuse hardware that we're not supposed to? Yes. But also we're very real to the, to the actual situations of what goes on. So what I'm saying is, is that you're going as a professional going to use your best judgment and go, Oh, this is a very low stress, non-flight critical area. Uh, I think I'm safe. Yeah. Or, or if it's an, it's an, yeah, again, non-flight critical. That's the big one, right? And you, there's all sorts of lists and manuals and, and um, uh, what's uh, okay if it's non-functioning or it's halfway functioning, right? Whatever, whatever uh, organization you're a part yeah, of that it's, calls it's it. Part that. of the the minimum equipment list or. Something yeah. where there's tolerances to say, hey, you can operate with, uh, like I was talking earlier, you can operate with two out of five bolts or actually the limit would probably be four out of five or three out of five. But yeah. Um, but again, that's only going to be for a non, non-flight uh, critical area. Right. Or say if it is on no, a flight. No loss of performance by operating in that condition. Right. Yes. And if it's ever questionable, you know, use your best judgment. Uh, talk to an engineer if there's one available. Like, hey, we have this problem. You know, do your do your wizard math and tell me if it's good or bad. You know, always have some kind of way to back that up. Right. There's there's many different ways to to slice this cake. And honestly, like we don't like your situation varies. But all in all, like if you're having to make ha- have to make that decision and you're being pressured to make those decisions quick, that's when you got to pump the brakes. Like. Okay, okay, man. Like, I, I get it. On time is great, but it's not uh, on time for the record. It's not gonna. It's not gonna be worth it if this plane has to come back. On for, time or alive? Which way do you want? Yeah, and th- and that's some of the stuff that we actually have to tell people. Uh, whoever is in charge making these decisions, like, uh, it's either we do this right and be delayed by X amount of minutes, hours, whatever, or we can say fuck safety. And put it in the air, and then we're having even bigger issues, <laughs> you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, but the whole time that thing's in the air, 
you're going to be sweating checking checking your flight aware app making sure that thing is going and getting where it needs to be safely yes Right. Or you'll run into those situations where uh, top level individuals would say, ominous, dominus, you now have the authority to do this. And it's been a minute since you've done that or you've never done it before. But all of a sudden, like some top level official is telling you like you have the authority now you go do this. That's pro- that's a huge red flag right there, you know, all for the sake of on time. So uh, ways yeah, you go ahead and write me a waiver. It says I make if any any negative fallout. Uh, exempts me from any any repercussions from from said fallout from right. your decision, right? Or you sign it off, right? I'll do the inspection, fine. <laughs> but you sign you it come off. Out and do it. Yeah, yeah. You like, get your get your ass out here and do it, right? And that's a, and that's that point, right? When you make this anonymous tip to the NTSB or or whoever the regulatory uh, authority is in your area, like, hey, Yasa, have I got some news story for you? <laughs> if you happen to be in this area on this ramp and around this tail number. I don't know why, just n- not nothing specific, just uh, throwing out random, random airport location and tail number. Yeah. Uh, I'd go ahead and swing by if I were you. Yeah. You know, like- definitely not working on a hydro pump <laughs> on the left engine. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. Uh-huh. And sadly, some, sometimes uh, I've, uh, some mechanics would, or technicians do have to pull some stuff like that. Like, hey, Mr. Uh, hey, Mr. FAA, NTSB, EASA, or whoever, have I got a story for you? <laughs> you know, uh, so uh, what are ways that we can do to actively combat this or re- significantly reduce this kind of uh, mindset? Uh, first of all is proper planning. <laughs> and that's uh, across the board from everybody. And some technicians, they really don't get too deep into planning because they just like, they shut up in color for the most part or whatever their dispatch or crew chief or whoever's their lead tech says, you know what, do this. No one, no one really has an argument about it. But if, the, if a lead or a tech or even a, a top level individual says, Hey, I want this one hour inspection done in 20 minutes. Eh, eh. And it's historically never taken no less than 30 minutes or more. Like, uh, I don't know, man, that sounds kind of wrong. That sounds pretty shady. Right. But having that proper planning, it, it ensures like you have the skilled workforce available. It ensures you have the proper resources available. You have the time scheduled to do it. And then we can truck along. And you also got to account for any type of slip ups too. like uh, say you needed some type of support equipment, but it's just barely coming out of its uh, preventative maintenance schedule or it has to be delivered from X from point X to point Y or something like that. You know what I mean? Travel. Yeah, I mean, a lot of places they have daily checks, right? Mm-hmm. Or pre-use inspections. So make sure those pre-use inspections are being filled out. And then if you actually find an anomaly with something, write it on the component card or the piece of equipment's you know, uh, usage form. And then also annotate the appropriate party who's going to fix it or who yes. needs to fix it. So yes. what, I mean, you know, should they be coming around and checking all their equipment? Sure, but let's be real on a large airport, you know, there's tons of things to do at all times. So the chance of them coming over to gate five when they're on the other side of the airfield, trying to fix the tug with the, uh, vice, uh, grips for the throttle, you know, like just notify them. Hey guys, just want to let you know this is over here. Or if you have the time, drop it off at the shop, Mm -hmm. right? Help each other out. But, uh, you know, you got to use those, uh, 
you gotta you gotta inspect your equipment but then to tie in with your planning aspect if you know you got some sort of phase maintenance coming up or some sort of line check or whatever else and you and you're seasoned enough and you know even if you're not look over the manual what does it tell you you got to replace at that time well if you know that that bird is flying today but when it lands tonight it's going to be do that or when it lands tomorrow it's going to be do some type of maintenance start putting those parts on order yes don't wait till it lands and then hey now i gotta order the parts well now we're going to be sitting around for an hour two hours until they get delivered no like you, you need to have that they need to be sitting there in the shop when that thing gets towed in yes Absolutely. Yes. Right. And that kind of, that kind of goes into what we were saying at the very beginning with that risk-based assessment, right? If you know something is, is uh, trending in that direction that it's going to be late or it's going to take this amount of time or whatever the case may be, like factor that into your gut, to your thought process. Like we know like these tire changes don't take more than 30 minutes. We know that this GSC is always going to show up late. Or we know the like one of the fuel trucks that's going to service us is going to come back with a dirty sample, some shit, right? If you if you're not actively thinking about stuff like that, or at least like accounting for it, it's it's going to hit you in the face every single time. And to just flat out be ignorant to it or or feign ignorance, it's not going to get you off the hook. <laughs> Ask us how we know. <laughs> uh, uh, another and another one is for the human factor side of the house, like with the omissions, the mistakes, and um, the violations, and so forth. Uh, we, it's such a blanket statement for me to say this, but relevant training, right? And I say relevant with as the key word here is relevant training because there's a I, we, there's many a classes we've been to where they just data dump all sorts of training classes, and it sounds cool, but how is this relevant to what I'm doing, right? Uh, teaching a line technician about Six Sigma is not going to help him out too much. If anything, it's just going to explode his brain. Like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> right? right? Or, or uh, telling uh, like a, a engineer how to, how to read contracts or how to uh, do the business side of the house as far as contracts. Like, cool story, but what is that really? Where do I factor in for this? Well, it's just good to know. Cool. Just give it to me like in a, in a, like a check sheet or a flow chart or some shit, you know, like something quick and simple. Should I have to re- reference it in any way, shape or form? Right. Or um, uh, with like the publications, for instance, if you know that your maintenance requires like a, a huge slew of um, uh, publications, maybe not have it in paper form, maybe have it like in a, like on a laptop or have like a checklist that references the manuals, right? Kind of like a, a go, no go checklist. If, if red cha- uh, refer to this section or if good press on with life, something, right? Uh, I'm right. pretty, I'm pretty sure commercial airliners uh, do that too, where like they know they break down their maintenance into certain task cards. So it's not so cumbersome for them to lug around like scores of manuals or, Having to have a laptop like fully charged just in case. <laughs> That's just uh, more FOD to be found somewhere else. Um, another one is like um, internal and external audits. Okay, this kind of goes into MVP and myself's realm. Is, is with the internal and external audits. You don't necessarily have to be quality assurance to perform an internal audit on your nope. shop. 
It's actually a good thing. Know. Yeah, I wish you would. <laughs> I, I wish- call those prevent. I, w- I call those preventative action plans. Yeah. What a novel concept. Say it ain't so, right? And it doesn't matter your skill level to do an internal audit. It can just literally be like, like you guys, like, you know what? I want to take a look at how we do X, Y, and Z on this shift. Just grab the manual or grab whatever policy that dictates that procedure be done and walk it through. That's literally it. Like, uh, I, I, I dream of the day where somebody comes up and says, hey, we were looking over our couple of processes here and we think we found some flaws, but we'd like, uh, we'd like to confirm them with you guys. Oh, my God. Is this, am I real? <laughs> am I dreaming? What's up? What's up here? Now, we do understand like there's some uh, uh, corners of aviation that that's not a huge deal or it's just so lagging that they just kind of learn to figure it out themselves. We get it. We get it, right? Especially with general aviation where a lot of publications or a lot of procedures are very vague and it's kind of that way for a reason. But that doesn't stop you from having some kind of internal process, you know, to kind of like standardize it to a point where like um, to kind of bridge the the knowledge gap. Because sometimes um, you will find individuals in general aviation who are very um, new to the scene. And they kind of don't figure things out until a mistake happens. And it's usually not somewhere far away that where they figure that out. They, they hardly read safety grams, let's say that much. <laughs> or if there's even safety grams to have. But having some kind of internal uh, check procedure or some kind of internal check uh, policy, even if it's just yourself, please do that. And what this, uh, what this does is it gives, some, it gives insight to where our gaps are. It gives insight to how well we're actually meeting those demands and how we can do them better, right? And as MVP said, we're like, uh, we found some gaps here. We found some issues over here. What is this true or is there a way we can actually fix this, right? And then start that chain of events. How, uh, how effective that's going to be at that point, it's up in the air. But you've, but you've identified it. So if someone comes trying to smash you for X, Y, and Z, like, no, no. We've addressed this. We've talked about this and we've went through the process of having you do it. Whether you got the memo or not is a whole different story. But don't be trying to come at us all foul because we've identified it. We've told you about it and it's up to you now to act on it. (laughs) So then that's another one of those CYA things is if doing those internal or external audits. Um, Externals are kind of, uh, it's you you know, it's going to be a decent slap in the face when it's external, because usually when it's external, that means like some kind of regulatory official is going to be coming through <laughs> or uh, someone's certification is going to be uh, up for grabs. And um, typically external audits means like there's, you've done something to the effect that warrants them having to be there. It's, it's hardly a, a scheduled thing. And when it is a scheduled, it's more like a high, like a, like a routine check kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. You know, so, but those are definitely one of the big ones. Uh, we highly recommend you guys do your own type of internal check procedure, something like that, right? Even if it's just like, again, it's something as simple as like uh, grabbing a check, uh, one of your pr- procedure checklists or grabbing one of your manuals and then just walking it step by step. Does it cost a lot of money and time? Sure. Or you can just like, uh, whenever that- well, ta- but back to that cost benefit analysis, does it cost time and money? Yes, but what is the time and money that's going to be spent should uh, 
whatever discrepancy come to fruition. Yes. Right. Whatever flaw in the process, whatever error that's there that you don't see now and might not catch had you not do this internal audit. Mm -hmm. If that, I'm going to say risk comes to fruition, what is the cost then? Yes. Well, I can, I can talk forever on risk, uh, issue and opportunity management. I spent majority of my day, uh, working through a lot of those on several contracts. Yep. <laughs> and again, like, doesn't that, that, there's no skill level required to really try this. I mean, there is, but at the same time, like you as a certified uh, technician, you already have a good chunk of that, right? There may be some hiccups into how to perform a checklist or how to, what exactly are you looking for? How, how deep into the weeds you need to go about it? Sure. Sure. Right. But as far as like yourself, it just doing your, your common practices, it shouldn't be too hard of a thing, especially if you're just going step-by-step by by whatever manual or procedure, check out tools. Okay, cool. Let's go check out some tools. Where do I got to go? Right. How, how uh, reliable (laughs) are those tool checkout procedures or how, how reliable are those tools that you need to check out? (laughs) Is it coming due for calibration? Is it broken? Is it kind of hodgepodge together with super glue? What the fuck? (laughs) I watched the tool crib attendant juggle 12, uh, 12, uh, uh, torque wrenches and albeit impressive that he did drop all of them in the process. So, and then just proceeded to try to check them out as if nothing had happened. Like, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. that's a flaw in the process right there. Yeah. Why is he juggling torque wrenches? Yeah. Stuff like that. Or like, say like you go to like step one, check out GSC and you see a freaking puddle of hydraulic fluid underneath the freaking uh, piece of gear. Like, yeah. It's probably not a good yeah, thing. <laughs> don't, that's a big one. Don't. Oh my God went through this a few months back with a uh an engine uh engine hoist well like it, it, then all of a sudden it just lost pressure and as they were trying to install and the whole thing slammed down thankfully nobody got hurt nothing was really damaged but we're like whoa 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 let's impound this thing we come to find out well we saw a bunch of fluid under it before we went to use it but we just decided to use it anyways why don't you notify the people to fix it you know let me just check the component card you didn't even write it up that there was a flaw oh my god you know (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) we can spoil our control just on that alone and but again like just walking through the steps like um that's one added factor to go into this we're kind of going off on a on a huge rabbit hole with this but uh just doing even those little things will contribute greatly you may not feel that way, but it will contribute greatly to that on-time metric, right? Now, and this will actually give like a realistic on-time metric. Let's put it, let's... Uh, I guess you could call that earned value management too. Yes, yes, right? Because like say like uh, uh, a customer is very zealous or you got a top management official that's very zealous. Like I want my flights to be no more than 10 minutes from the gate uh, to be considered on time. It's like, oh, okay, man, that's pretty bold of you. But you know for a fact that the planes take at least like an hour and 30 minutes plus to get fully ready and out and out the door. Well, this person says, like, well, I want it done in 45 minutes. Like, okay, unless you got some super cool metric on how we're going to do that, it's probably not going to happen. And you've consistently proved that, you know, you like magic to the tool crib. <laughs> some Hogwarts shit, man. <laughs> Ravenclaw. I wanted my tool bag, but all right. 
<laughs> right? Or you got you have like some superheroes, like legit superheroes that can like zoom from one end of the field to the other in less than a second. But but those kind of things like actually drive uh the bean counters, right? So like if you if you know that through trend and consistency that you guys can get a plane safely out the door in the in X amount of time and they're projecting a totally different time scale than you are, maybe it's time they have to readjust. And that's actually a management requirement to review those processes and make sure that what they put on paper is actually going to work, right? Because um, we're, we're going to some nerdy shit with the quality assurance piece, but um, if their process capability is not jiving with what's actually going down, or I'm sorry, if their process capability prediction is not jiving with what they what's actually happening on the line, it's either they got to get a rude awakening and readjust or what the majority of them are going to do is they're going to try to force fuck you into that that uh, that tiny metric that they feel is the best way to go. <laughs> and that's uh, where we see a lot of the frustrations. Like we have to work harder, work more with less uh, or cut corners. They don't say cut the, corners. The they classic, just, well, you did it before. You can, should be able to do it again. Yes. You know, the one time the one time Hail Mary pass we threw and, and it and the planets aligned and we made it happen doesn't become the new standard. Yes. <laughs> like we no we need to adjust things to make to to make it more of a uh, here's what we need to do to make that a, a repeatable metric. Yes. Well, you, you did it before. Yeah, but holy cow, you didn't see all the jumping of through through of hoops that we did to make that work. Uh, that's not sustainable. And it shouldn't be expected to be sustainable. So, but you are going to run into that. You're going to hit those Hail Marys every once in a while. They're going to go, great. That's the new standard. Shut up. Yeah. Right. Like we had all star players. It was a great day. Everyone had their coffee kicking at just the right amount of time. They, you know, they listened to their favorite uh, TV show on the way in or they had their solid breakfast or some shit. Everyone was on like their A game that day. And, don't expect that to be an all the time thing, right? But then they'll come back and say like, well, you know, like uh, I really feel like you're really uh, downplaying your skills here. Like, I, I think you guys are overestimating. You know what I'm downplaying is the, is the, the terrible process. Yes. <laughs> That's what I'm downplaying. But let me upplay that a little bit. Right. Let me scream it so the people in the back can hear it. Right. <laughs> say it louder for the people in the back. <laughs> but. Absolutely true. We again, we can spool off so so much on just either of these, but again, like uh, your what you guys do affects the on time performance and vice versa. Like people's perception or anticipation for this on time delivery, on time uh, service metric will affect you in one way, shape, or form. And we see it time and again where like there will be many occasions where their failure of X, Y, and Z will constitute some form of an emergency on your part, which may turn into some real shady shit, which at that point you should probably be throwing up all sorts of red flags and possibly making an anonymous call to X, Y, and Z <laughs> regulatory service like like we just allude, jokingly alluded to earlier. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any final thoughts at all on, on this or anything else, MVP? I'd like to hear from uh, some of you guys out there what what you uh, what you've run into with your you know what now we've talked about these these primary issues in aviation maintenance kind of 
what are you guys noticing in your areas? We kind of talked about what we witnessed in ours a little bit, albeit barely scratching the surface on it. But, I, you know, what do you guys experience in your day-to-day realms? You know, we've talked about commercial, we've talked about military side, but uh, are you guys having similar things that you're seeing or you got something totally different you haven't seen or you've seen that we haven't, you know? Mm-hmm. I'd be I'd be interested to see. Most like most definitely, I don't, we definitely want to hear all that kind of stuff because hearing that kind of feedback, all in some areas, may not relate as greatly as others. But hearing that piece of the puzzle is another way of thinking outside the box and say, "Hey, it, it, that's a great idea. Why don't we do something like that here? Or how do we mold this to make it work for us here?" Yeah, and if you've performed some type of internal. Uh, audit on yourselves and your operations, you know, within your own mechanics group or whatever you're in, you know, uh, what issues did you find and what did you do to fix them? Uh, I'd, I'd be really interested to hear that. Cause I think that would be great to broadcast out to the masses. Hey, look, so-and-so over here found the wheels falling off of component B and they, uh, re redesigned the axles and installed lock nuts to ensure wheels stay installed on the component you know stupid stupid example but still you know it's just yeah uh stuff like that i think that'd be really interesting absolutely and uh, whichever is the easiest way to reach us like um either through emails our website our social medias our link tree uh the best ways on patreon via discord we're always having some type of conversation about that but again let us know what you think and let us know like what uh some of the the topics you guys have seen, some of the actions you guys took, and all the and the other things that MVP has mentioned, please let us know. Like th- this is, it may not sound relevant, but if you hear it enough times and it becomes a trend and something else, that might be an indication that we as a whole should be diving into this. Right? It may not be a hundred percent applicable, but it may be of of good help. So again, or like at least get somebody else started in the right area. Yes. Uh, resolving their own issues exactly that yes again like hit us up in whichever way is easiest for you website our emails our discord for for that matter whichever way is the best way for you and uh, on that note we thank you all for listening and we'll catch you all again on the next one bye everybody bye everyone we would like to take this time to thank our patrons for supporting our show and allowing us to make episodes maintain our gear and create merch for all of our listeners with special thanks to Erica Lamont, Chris Hawkins, Eric Shaw, Dan Schubert, Ryan Frushauer, Kyle Keir, Mike Sherwood, Caleb Stockhill, and Jennifer Brofer. Thank you all so much for your support and patronage. If you like our show, please support us on Patreon. You'll receive awesome perks like access to our private Discord, discounts and early access to our merch, first glimpse of our comics and other projects, and so much more. You can further support us and show off your prowess as an aircraft specialist by visiting our shop at cancelformaintenance.com. If you like classy or rugged watches, visit our affiliate Rockwell Time at rockwelltime.com. Use the code CX, the number 4MX, to save 10% off your total order. If you have suggestions for the show or you'd like to be a guest on the show, send us a line on our contact us section at cancelformaintenance.com and we'll do what we can to get both your ideas and yourself on the show. Please support us on social media like Facebook at Cancel for Maintenance, Instagram at CANX for Maintenance Podcast, or Twitter at CXMX Podcast. 
please check out our new comic series on the Tapas app. Like, share, subscribe, and comment on our comics. Let us know what you think. Thank you all so much for your support and listenership, and we will catch you all next time.